We are now nearing the end, uh, thankfully, of uh, the emergency situation. Are you happy about that? Police excessive behaviour? The people uh, believe that the country is in good hands. For some years, the government of Hungary has been one of the bad boys of Europe, especially when it comes to issues about the rule of law. But in March, Prime Minister Orban secured an open-ended right to rule by decree in order, he said, to fight the coronavirus pandemic. And now the outcry across Europe is much louder. My guest this week from Budapest is Bolas Hidvegi, a Hungarian MEP from the ruling Fidesz party. Is the government being honest about its motives or is its new law just the latest move to cement authoritarian rule? Balash Hidvegi, welcome to Comsic Zone. Yes, hello, good morning. Why did your Prime Minister need an emergency law to deal with a pandemic? Everyone else relies on testing, tracing, quarantines, lockdowns, but you had to have a law that goes after people who criticize the authorities. Why? Well, very simply, uh, everything has been done according to the Hungarian constitution. The government, when the pandemic, when the virus uh, situation began, declared a state of danger. Uh, it can do it for two weeks, and following the two weeks is the Hungarian parliament uh, that has the right to decide whether to prolong this or not. And that's what happened. The Hungarian parliament uh, decided to prolong the situation as long as the pandemic uh, was there. Uh, we are now nearing the end, uh, thankfully, of uh, the emergency situation. It has. Uh, been uh, tackled quite well, it seems, thanks God and thanks to the good efforts of the government. So we're coming to the end of this state of uh, emergency, state of danger. Very similar things and very similar special um, uh, orders or special decisions have been made across the European Union, uh, for that matter, to deal yeah, with sexual but, the, but they haven't, they haven't cracked down on people who uh, criticize the authorities the way you have. This virus has, in effect, just given your government the opportunity for grabbing more power and cracking down on opposition, hasn't it? You didn't need these powers at, at all. all. At you didn't need these powers at all. Not at all. That's far from the truth, in fact. The Hungarian government, the Fidesz uh, Christian Democratic uh, Coalition, has a two-thirds majority in the Hungarian parliament. Why would we have to do anything to increase our power? We have an extraordinarily strong political mandate, thanks to the Hungarian uh, population and thanks to the results of the last elections. Uh, uh, we didn't crack down on anything, we just had to uh, uh, deal with a situation that was extraordinary in every sense of the word. Um, Mr. Bolas, you, you, you say you didn't crack down, but the police said last week, Hungarian police said last week, they'd opened nearly 90 cases of scaremongering against citizens since your emergency law took effect. Let's be honest, this is nothing but a concerted attempt to stamp out criticism of the government and its policies, isn't it? It has nothing to do with criticism of the government or criticism of, of political uh, issues. Quite simply, during a state of danger and during a state of, of a pandemic uh, that has been as dangerous as uh, this one, uh, control has to be uh, accomplished. 
uh, but according to the law and according to the constitution, rule of law works in Hungary very well. And if there was no ground uh, to, uh, uh, to uh, go after uh, anybody for, uh, for, uh, for uh, scaremongering or any other thing, then the case was closed according to the law. So actually, the, the special order and the special uh, situation uh, has shown that it was under control and, and it was according, again, to the Constitution. Your law makes clear that it's not just going after people who put out false facts. You're even going after people who, according to this law, Section 337, Paragraph 1, misrepresent true facts. In other words, if the government doesn't like the way people interpret their facts, they could face up to five years imprisonment, couldn't they? And that's free speech, no, Hungarian style? It's not about... It's no, no, no. It's not, it's not, it has nothing to do with political opinion. It has nothing to do with uh, free speech or, or a liberty of, of thought. Uh, it has to do with spreading fake information, false information that have nothing to do with the facts under uh, a situation, during a situation uh, where there is increased danger of the population because of a pandemic. Uh, you have to make sure uh, that only reality and real facts uh, are transmitted well, to people, only your reality. fake news. Only your reality, only the reality that the government sees. Um, two cases were brought to the attention of the Hungarian Civil Liberties Union, which condemned the detention of two Facebook users who criticized the government and the confiscation of their communication devices as obviously excessive. You happy about that? Police excessive behavior? There was no police excessive behavior. These people, the two people that you mentioned, were let free within some hours, within the same day after their case was looked at. Let me tell you this. In Germany, over the past uh, few months, uh, almost 40 uh, cases were reported where police went after people because of comments, because of posts on Facebook or other social media uh, outlets. There is, uh, an in, an there is an extraordinary situation, and on top of it, on social media, all kinds of fake news are transmitted, and authorities across the European Union, or across the whole world, I might say, uh, are trying to find a way to deal uh, with that so that public order is, is uh, maintained and also the rights of everybody are respected. Mr. Balash, you said the two people were released. Um, in the case of one of them, uh, Andras Kuczynski, in the north of the country, the case was dropped, but not before police had uploaded a video on the internet of him being escorted from his home and into a police car. That's trial by internet. This is nothing more than thuggish intimidation by your police, isn't it? And it was condemned by the Hungarian Civil Liberties uh, uh, Committee as a ch having a chilling effect on many ordinary social media users. That's exactly what it's meant to do, isn't it? To have this chilling effect. Scare the population into silence and eradicate criticism. Not, not at all. In fact, if you look at the Hungarian uh, public discourse, if you look at Hungarian politics, if you look at the parliament, uh, we have one of the most uh, vibrant uh, debates here uh, across the whole European Union, where a whole range of uh, various opinions and different points of views uh, are presented and can be presented. That's right that way. There's no intimidation at all. Uh, those uh, 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 those um, um, commentaries have nothing to do with reality, I don't think. Well, you may not like the accusations against your country, and we'll, we'll look at some of them in detail, but your denials that Hungary was undertaking any 
anti-democratic moves haven't exactly been believed, have they? And particularly now, um, we have the uh, Reporters Without Borders organization saying that you've passed an Orwellian law that introduces a full-blown information police state in the heart of Europe. I give you a couple of examples which were criticized by the Hungarian Civil Liberties Union and you reject them out of hand. You've said in the past the accusations against Hungary are false. Hungary has a free and independent world of justice, science and education. I wonder who on earth did you think was going to believe you when you said these things, when the evidence to the contrary is so overwhelming? I don't think the evidence is overwhelming uh, at all uh, contra, uh, against uh, the Hungarian government. In fact, if you look at the results of, of, uh, of a series of elections in Hungary, free elections, democratic elections, uh, the Fidesz government has won uh, one after the other because the people uh, believe that the country is in good hands, the people believe, the majority of people believe, that the government is doing a good job and they would like it to continue to do a good job. Also, there are debates at European level, there are debates in the European Parliament, there are debates amongst heads of state and government. Your spokesman calls them witch hunts. Whose, uh, whose opinion matters, but there are debates, political debates. Uh, by the way, the law, the special law about the coronavirus in Hungary that was uh, uh, in, the, in the middle of so much uh, criticism uh, some weeks ago uh, was looked at in detail by the European Commission, which is the guardian of the treaties of how the European Union works, and they found that in no way did it go against any uh, democratic norm or European law, and they said that repeatedly. So there is a difference between a political campaign, there is a difference between pressure groups saying you know, what they would like to say because their ideology, their values uh, are different uh, from the Fidesz government, and, and, the, and the difference between that and the facts and the real look at uh, uh, facts and reality uh, and the real record of the government. Well, let's look at what some of your people think about that. According to one survey between March the 3rd and March the 10th by the Friedrich Ebert Foundation, 50%, half of your citizens, now think that conditions for democracy and press freedom have worsened in Hungary. This was before your emergency law. And only 17%, one-seven, thought that there'd been any progress in, that field, in those fields. Doesn't say much for your democratic credentials, does it? I don't think so. There are several surveys, in fact, and the Ebert Stiftung is a well-known social democratic foundation. It's very nice, no problem with it. You're they saying it's slanted, are you? do other surveys. You're saying I'm it's slanted. I'm not saying that. I'm, I just said the fact. I'm just, I just said the fact that it's a social democratic foundation in its uh, value system, and perhaps that has an influence sometimes on how they interpret uh, findings. But I'm not questioning their finding. I'm just saying that there are several surveys, but the most important survey, of course, is always in a democracy, elections. Parties go for elections. Uh, the Fidesz government has been re-elected three times with an overwhelming majority. And that tells you something, I think, about the real record of the government and the real situation in Hungary. Uh, that is worth looking at, I think. I, w I want to uh, come on to the topic of elections and how you manage them and how you've changed various laws relating to the elections since, since you came to power. But uh, let's just look at the press. You maintain that Hungary has a diverse press and uh, free speech and criticism of the government is allowed. The fact is your government does go around smearing the few independent journalists in your country who are left as 
Hungary haters, foreign agents or traitors, doesn't it? And it does use its enormous financial resources to try and put independent journalists out of business. As the Joint International Press Freedom Mission to Hungary reported last year, state advertising has been weaponized to fund pro-government media and starve independent outlets. Did you seriously think, Mr. Hidvegi, that people didn't notice what was going on? Well, they are drawing the wrong conclusions, obviously, if they say uh, such things. In fact, political debate, as I said uh, before, and public discourse in general, uh, is one of the freest in the European Union. It's more taboo-free than in many other places in Western Europe or elsewhere in the European Union. Uh, topics are freely discussed. Uh, there is more of a balance of media if you look at the media structure and if you look at the the value system behind medias or what kind of ideology they prefer. There is a big variety in Hungary, perhaps more of a variety than in other places that these organizations are used to. State funding and advertising, as much as this is state or as much as it is companies, is spread across the board. So I don't think there is well, you, you, uh, any you say uh, that. imbalance in the Hungarian situation at all. You say that, but all regional daily newspapers are now under government control, aren't they? And you call that a free press? There's only one independent political daily newspaper left, Nepshava, and that's in Budapest, with a circulation of just 20,000. By contrast, the network of regional daily papers controlled by the government reaches 200,000 people. One single independent talk radio station whose uh, audience is restricted to Budapest. And you call that a fair balance? Well, that's, that's not the whole uh, of the picture. There are other regional newspapers. And there's not only print media, uh, obviously. And there's not only uh, traditional radio uh, frequencies. There is now also the internet. And if you look at, for example, internet-based news portals, uh, if you look at political weekly newspapers, both printed and online, if you look at online radio stations, there is a balance here. And there are, in fact, there are, in fact, if you look at the online uh, world, um, a, a heavy uh, bias or heavy advantage towards the critical uh, uh, media, uh, towards the government. Freedom House accused your government of dropping any pretense of respecting democratic institutions, taking over much of the media, it said, and harassing critical society organization. Hungary's decline, it added, has been the most precipitous ever tracked in its survey of nations in transit. That's not much to be proud of, is it? Well, um, Freedom House once was an organization that, uh, that I respected. I don't think their uh, analyses uh, over the past couple of years have been trustworthy or based on facts. In fact, let me pose the question to you. If it were true, just for the sake of the argument, if it were true uh, that, it was, that there was so little freedom or no freedom in the media or in the public discourse in Hungary, then why and how could we have such lively debates? about uh, uh, political issues in Hungary, about social issues in Hungary, about the European Union, and, 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 and a whole range of other issues in Hungary, then it would be impossible to have those debates. There is now more of a need 
for free press in Hungary than ever before, isn't there? Especially since corruption has blossomed under your party's rule. In September 2019, Europe's anti-fraud office, Olaf, warned that when it came to misappropriation of EU funds, Hungary was the worst performing state in the EU. Nearly 4% of EU provided money was misused and should have been returned during the 2014 to 2018 reporting period. That's pretty shameful, isn't it? They were looking at, in fact, uh, Olaf, uh, situations and projects that go back to the time before the Fidesz uh, government. The European Parliament was just voting, by the way, uh, this uh, past week uh, about, um, uh, about some of those reports and the functioning of, of Olaf and other agencies. Uh, those go back to as, as uh, far as uh, uh, 2005, 2006, and 2007. Those were years before the Fidesz government uh, began to function. Now, in a more general sense... But 2014 to 2018, you've had time to give the money Hungary, back. There is, there, is, there is corruption everywhere, obviously. Uh, in the EU, and they have to be looked into. If you look at the way, for, for example, uh, investigations by the public prosecutors or by police are initiated based on uh, recommendations by OLAF, this European Union, Union agency, Hungary is amongst the, the best, in fact, performers of uh, the, the percentage of uh, how many uh, looks, uh, cases are looked into. Uh, following Olaf uh, things. There are similar cases with other European Union uh, member states. I reject um, the opinion that there would be more corruption or significantly more corruption in Hungary than in an average uh, situation in, in the region or in, uh, in the European Union. Well, it must be a comfort for you and other members of your party that Fidesz now enjoys an effective stranglehold over prosecutors' offices, the Constitutional Court, the Curia, the highest court of appeal, and the Audit office, grand slam to your party, that total, is, total control is, of the organs the of justice. That is not the case at all. That is not the case at all. That is an often repeated uh, political attack uh, by a frustrated Hungarian opposition that hasn't been able to win elections for a good number of national elections now. They are frustrated. Uh, they have been unsuccessful. Uh, but that doesn't make true uh, those accusations uh, that you have just repeated. Well, after Mr. Orban came to power, he raised the number of justices on the Constitutional Court from 11 to 15, thereby appointing four of his own judges. He then lowered the compulsory retirement age for judges and prosecutors, freeing up hundreds of posts for candidates loyal to the party. So having all your party sympathizers in such key judicial positions is hardly a guarantee of impartiality, is it? First of all, the second uh, thing you mentioned, the pension age, that has been withdrawn. It has not been uh, in, in effect. And raising the number of judges in the Constitutional Court was simply uh, a, a reaction to the number of cases before the Constitutional Court. Uh, those, uh, those appointments are not, uh, by the way, not by the Prime Minister, but they are by Parliament, and they are not for life. So there is obviously uh, a normal uh, functioning of judges being on a constitutional court and then the parliament nominating new ones. So nothing really changed uh, just because the number was increased. Mr. Hidvegi, just to guarantee complete control, your party set up a national judiciary office run by Tunde Hando, who just happened to be a student contemporary of Mr. Orban's. And the way it was set up made it impossible for parliament to sack her. She's been unassailable for her nine-year term, hasn't she? With power of this kind, owned by your party, the justice system is almost guaranteed to be biased in your favor, isn't it? 
Not at all. She is no longer, by the way, a leader of that organization. Uh, she is now a member of the Constitutional Court, and there are lively debates within the judicial system. There is another um, body there, uh, the, the, judicial, the Judicial Council, uh, and they have had lively debates over the past couple of years, and that's right that way. There's no problem with that at all. Just another illustration that the system works, we have debates, and then there are outcomes that are uh, results. Like lively debate, yes, but um, she was in a position where she could veto judicial promotions and even influence which judges heard which cases. That's a lot of power just invested like, in your just party. Like in the number of other, just, like, just like in a number of other uh, EU member states, uh, that can happen. There are EU member states where it's the minister of justice who makes those appointments. Uh, there are countries that don't even have a public prosecutor. There are countries that, where there is no formal constitutional court. There are different constitutional identities and systems within the European Union. They are all democratic. Uh, just the fact that they are different does not mean that they are undemocratic. There are de different ways to organize the judicial system. Well, um, well you're, having, we a hard, you're having a hard time convincing there. people in the rest of Europe about your democratic credentials. Let's look, if we may, at that other democratic feature that you prize, elections, which you talked about. Um, after 2010, your party wasted no time in redrawing the electoral map in Hungary. It changed constituency boundaries to favor your own supporters and riding rushshod over objections. In other words, gerrymandering was rife, wasn't it? It wasn't. The system was made um, thinner. Uh, we have reduced the number of members of parliament from over uh, 380 to, uh, to just 199. Uh, we have streamlined the electoral system. There was no gerrymandering. And in fact, if you look at the, uh, the latest uh, local elections uh, for, uh, for townships, uh, the opposition uh, won important positions. For instance, uh, Mayor of Budapest was taken over. Uh, the post of Mayor of Budapest was taken over by uh, the opposition, as well as their, they won a number of other uh, countries and municipalities. There is, again, a well-functioning democratic system. Both the OECE, uh, the United Nations uh, observers and others um, uh, confirmed that. There's no democratic problem with the Hungarian electoral system, and there was no gerrymandering. And let me go back to your point that you mentioned in your question. You said we had difficulty convincing uh, our European partners, I think you said, about uh, Hungarian democracy. On the contrary, it's our political opponents that don't want to accept that there can be a government, a conservative a Christian democratic government that is strong, that is decisive and successful. Let's talk in the brief time we have left about your country's treatment of migrants. Um, you've made it perfectly clear you don't want them in Hungary. You've refused routinely to take them in and share the burden with the rest of the EU. And now you've been found to be in breach of EU law. Earlier this month, the European Court of Justice found your detention of asylum seekers on the borders with Serbia to have been illegal. It's a damning indictment of Hungary's treatment of asylum seekers, isn't it? There is a debate right now, and it's partly a legal uh, debate, and it's a debate about European law and asylum law. You mentioned this um, verdict of the European Court of Justice. Uh, I mentioned another one just a few uh, months ago, uh, that of the European Co Court of Human Rights, based in Strasbourg and linked to the Council of Europe. They also looked at a very similar case about the transit zone and how um, uh, migrants or asylum seekers are treated 
uh, by Hungary, and they found that the transit zone uh, in Hungary, at the border of Hungary, was not detention at all, since it is open uh, towards uh, Serbia in that particular case, um, uh, and, not, uh, and not closed. Well, so that's why the European, you say that, but the European Court of Justice, Mr. Hidvegi, the European Court of Justice said you detained two families seeking asylum in a border transit zone for more than a year, giving them no opportunity to have their detention reviewed by a court, and with no opportunity to lawfully leave that zone of their free will in any direction. How does illegal detention fit in with your much-trumpeted views about protecting Europe's Christian heritage? What's Christian about that sort of behavior? Let me be very quick. Uh, they are not, det uh, not detained. They can leave that uh, transit zone whenever they want towards Serbia from where they came from, these families. I think Christian responsibility means that you help people where they are, you take help where help is needed, instead of bringing the problem into the European Union that is unable to deal with uh, hundreds of thousands or millions of, uh, of migrants coming into this continent. That's not the way forward. The past five years have shown very clearly. That's, that that's an interesting excuse. That's an interesting excuse, Mr. Hidvegi, but I'm asking that's you which, 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 which Bible teachings which Bible teachings sanction forced and illegal detention of travelers and migrants who have nothing? There is no forced and, and uh, there's, not for, there's no forced detention uh, at Hungary's borders. Those who come and stay in the transit zone can at any time that they wish go back and leave from where they came from. It is not, it is not a detention. Europe can only deal with the hundreds of thousands of people in need uh, in the Middle East, in Africa, elsewhere in Asia, if it b b brings together, pulls together its strength and takes help to those regions in need. It's not the interest of uh, those regions that they, that they um, lose their most, uh, uh, you know, best people uh, that can work and that could uh, have those territories to develop. Europe needs right. to take okay. help to those areas there instead of, instead of legalizing illegal entry into either Hungary or anywhere else All right, in the European Union. That's not the Balash, way forward and it's not supported by the European people. Balash Hidvegi, we're out of time. Thank you very much for being on Conflict Zone. Thank you very much indeed.